and welcome everybody to Dark Feather Gaming. This is our gaming news podcast, and as always, this is Thor here with Doc and Sasquatch Senpai. Sorry, I was zoning out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, kick things off with our featured updates. I'll let you go ahead and go first, Doc, since you have a couple of things, but probably the fewest in number. All right. Um... PlayStation confirmed it's uh, that Final Fantasy 16 will be coming to PC. Um, Why did PlayStation wait. confirm that? That seems uh, like something for Square Enix to confirm. I guess. I mean, I don't know how reputable Gaming Bible actually is. Oh, okay. So so. Uh, well, now they're saying they, later on in the article they 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 call out uh, Yoshida by name for for saying that it mm. they'll start development on the PC version after the launch on PS5. Oh, okay. So well, as long as it's not Sony developing the port, we should be good to play it within <laughs> the first six months of release. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else do I got. Uh, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Re- Revenge game is getting a uh, DLC soon that adds uh, Usagi Yojimbo. Or mm-hmm. Mia- yeah, Usagi Yojimbo, the uh, the samurai rabbit that appeared from time to time, uh, and a new game mode. So I'm looking forward to that because Shredder's Revenge was awesome. I know. Do we still have a legal debacles? It's in. No, it's in industry. I just put that in industry news because that's usually where it all falls into. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that's that's where my last thing go. Okay. Okay. Did you have anything for anything you want to? Shout out and featured news there, Sasquatch. Now that we've had our uh, game show today, at least some things. Um, Remnant Two looks great. They showed a bit more gameplay of that. That was awesome. Um, up to the co-op player count, so that's always great. Let's see, I was really confused why Final Fantasy VII's second remake part was there when it would have been better suited at the actual Sony showcase. So Sony would have had more than one game that had gameplay on it. Um, mm, kind of to tag along here, since I'm a, fan, a, a big fan of the series as well. Um, I know Doc had an article talking about some potential persona uh, persona 5t website domain being registered and it turns out that is a game persona 5 tacticus um the intern at at atlas is gonna get fired uh (laughs) they put the wrong release time for a couple of trailers uh persona 5 tacticus it's a tactics a tactic style game so final fantasy tactics fey tactics whatever whatever you want to you think of it's a tactics game um Featuring Persona 5 characters, obviously. Um, it is a much different art style. They're all chibi looking, so Aww. small bodies, big heads, which it was really weird hearing everybody's voices coming out of those bodies. 
Um, but in bigger news, Persona 3 Reload is on the way. Um, there is yeah. a full minute minute 30 gameplay trailer. Um, these were two games that were supposed to be at the Xbox uh, Xbox showcase on Sunday. They will still be there. They launched with the Xbox um, startup sound introduction, the big X that comes towards the screen. Uh, probably because Microsoft has worked very closely with Atlas and Sega to port over a ton of JRPGs. Um, most notably Persona 3, 4, and 5, both to console and PC. They helped a lot with that development and translation. Um, actually, it was the first... Persona 3 Golden was released on PC, but it was a buggy, awful mess that was near unplayable. They actually released the first playable one and updated the PC version with the one they helped bring over, so it was playable, even on Steam, so... Uh, but yeah, Persona 3 Reloaded is on the way. It looks fantastic. It it's uh, it is a full remake. Um, they've changed the art style a lot to be more in line with the 3D anime style of Persona 5, and they gave the menus all a massive glow up, much like Persona 5's menus are very stylized, and it looks fantastic. It's so um, excited so that, that is on the way. Yeah, it's nice. it's really nice that they're bringing it more in line with the more modern looks of the games because i think it fits that series very well you can leave the more grimdark stuff the shit megami tensei and stuff yeah it's really well in that universe but the more upbeat you know weird jazzy stuff looks better and sounds better mm. with that you know pseudo anime style i think personally yeah 100%. and i mean with how well persona 5 came over with audiences i think they probably agree too so yeah yeah that's really another big thing that came out of the more uh, the more games atlas ports up from the ps2 era the closer we get to digital devil saga getting a, re <laughs> a remake or at least so, a I mean, that could be on the way too these were just two posts who knows how much atlas has on the way oh i know another thing that was revealed was like a dragon Gaiden, the man without a name um it is now it is a new it is a new Yakuza spinoff. Um, they're all t they're taking up the like a dragon name. Um, Gaiden is going to be all of the spinoffs, which are more in line with the beat em up style of the original seven games, plus uh, Ishin and Lost Judgment. So eight and on will also be like the original Yakuza like a dragon where it's going to be turn based. Um, so, yeah, Gaiden's another beat em up starring uh Hear you, so Kiryu Cosmos. So if you're into that, go ahead and check it out. It looks great. Um, once I heard his voice, I got excited because the the voice actor behind him is just fantastic and does phenomenal work. And his uh, his special little appearance in uh, Like a Dragon or Yakuza Seven was fantastic, and it it got the blood flowing in places. He just got one of those voices. <clears throat> um, I think that's about all anything I'd have featured from this. Okay. At least now. So I, I think that's where the majority of my stuff actually I think that's everything I've got is is in featured. <laughs> um it's not a whole lot of topics, but a lot on each of them. Um so I'll start with the RuneScape news. Um quite a lot going on. Um there's been a lot of changes happening, and we've had our first look at the necromancy skill. Um so if you haven't taken a look, I highly suggest doing so. It does look pretty good. Um, I was kind of skeptical at first. It, and um, I mean, I'm still, I guess skeptical isn't the right word. Um, I guess, no, skeptical. Is, I went from worried 
to skeptical. Let's put it that way. Um, it's a combat skill and it acts very differently from other skills. This, um, I think I used to call the evolution of combat and the addition of the action bar, um, runescapes big shift into quote, modern MMORPGs where it's trying to be more like, you know, a, a modern, I guess, wow, clone type RPG, like wow, or final fantasy or, or Actual anything combat agency. Yeah. <laughs> anything where you, you know, you've got abilities and you go into a fight as a certain class and you use these abilities that cool down, blah, 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 blah. So that's what they did a lot with evolution of combat. And now with necromancy, I'm going to probably call this part two into their like attempt to transition more into typical modern MMO realm. Um, and I like I'm I really don't know how I feel about that. I like one thing I've always liked about RuneScape is it's not your typical MMO. But the necromancy skill, from what I saw on the first look, seems less like a RuneScape skill and more like what you would expect in a um, a an, an MMO expansion like new class or new job. So it's a combat skill. And you specifically like use it alone. You don't use your defense and attack and strength as much. You just like essentially equip this skill and it gives you all these additional sub skills that you can use underneath it. And the equipment that you get from it, you upgrade by putting like doing more of it. And it's I don't know. take a look if you haven't already, but it's it's definitely like it's playing to me less like RuneScape skill and more like be a necromancer class in runescape um which is a little bit what i was worried about but it's not leaning as as i guess heavily as i was worried it would i'll keep updating it um and you know i'll try it out and see how it goes um i'm i'm skeptical but we'll see i was very skeptical over archaeology also and now it's uh one of my favorite skills so we'll just have to see how it plays out um there's also a new Golden Hunt event this year. We have a Golden Cape. Um, so to get the Golden Cape, a quick uh, guide. It's just like um, the the last one. You have to collect all the shards and bring those shards together to get the thing. Um, so for your shards, just like before, you get one for free if you're a premium member. Um, and then you can get them while training any skill type, so combat, artisan, gathering, or support. You can get them from clue scroll, scrolls. Um, all bosses have a chance to drop them. Um, and completing the Fort Ferenthry quest line will drop them. Um, and just like with the, the last one, the golden party hat, you can bribe the shady dude at the gold or at the grand exchange to give you a shard also. Um so make sure you're collecting those. Remember, it is, of course, a limited time uh, event. So you have until June 26th to collect all of your shards. And remember, you can only get uh, one shard per activity. So you, you get a shard training your combat. There's your combat shard, the only one you get, um, etc. Oh, and you get two shards if you upgrade to a Jagex account, which is their new uh, account system. I still need to do. I'm actually pretty stoked about that because now if you create a Jagex account, um, you can have multiple characters under the same account. Like, again, I guess that's step three in our traditional MMO transition because now you have that 
aspect as well. Um, but that's actually pretty cool. I need to do that. Uh, the only other update on RuneScape, um, there was an issue where the game went down for some time a couple days ago, but that, of course, has been resolved by now, so it's not really breaking news anymore. All right, so lots and lots and lots and lots of Final Fantasy news, um, and I'm not going to go heavy, heavy into it because Doc and I are going to be releasing our next episode of our JRPG podcast soon, and we will cover it in great depth in there but just to go over a few things i'll start with final fantasy 7 um that's a big thing right we had that announcement um at the uh the conference today and like sasquatch says i agree that like i don't know why they didn't just do it at the the playstation game show like that would have made that showcase uh actually like a viable stand on its own showcase instead of basically just being another state of play um and it's it was what like two not even two weeks ago like they definitely could have had it prepared by then um so i don't know what the idea here there was but i think they wanted to do this drip feed um and they wanted to start it on one showcase and end it on the other but like i don't know they they still could have done that but had the finale be the PlayStation Showcase, but whatever. Uh, I digress. So, um, yeah, we have a new trailer. It looks super dope. Um, it definitely brought my hype levels back to max. Um, we had discussed in various podcasts and specials, Doc and I, um, the running theories about is this a remake or is it actually a sequel that's played as a blah, 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 blah. There's all those rumors going around. And I think this I've, I've got a lot to say on that now, and I especially um, – contradictory to what I think a lot of people are going to think, and that's part of my argument. Um, I, I really think this is meant to be more a traditional remake, not, not how people are saying that this is actually X amount of years after the original ended and Sephiroth came back to life again and went back in time to do – no, it, I, I'm pretty sure it's really just a remake. Um and I've got a full blown out argument for that that I will, uh, again, dive into in our uh, Final Fantasy episode of Gameology. So tune in for that um, if you wanted to uh, hear more theory crafting. Um, but here's what we know for certain. Um, before the trailer was released today, we had some drip feed announcements in the form of tweets that were a kind of a Q&A with a lot of the team. So I'll go over a couple of those. The first question was, uh, how is development progressing in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? And the answer from uh, one of the producers was, development is working smoothly and according to plan. We're currently working on nailing down a release date for the game. Um, they have confirmed, though, that it is still launching this winter early. Uh, there's been two official taglines. One is early 2024. The other is this winter. So that implies probably January or February because that's this winter and early 2024. 
Um, the next question was, how will players journey through the world outside of Midgar and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? Obviously alluding to, are we going to have that open-worldness that we're used to seeing in Final Fantasy VII? Because that was a big argument in the first re part of the remake was that there's no open-worldness and we expect that in Final Fantasy VII, but at the same time, it's only inside of Midgar, so there's only so much world exploration you can do in this pretty much beats along with my exact theory on the matter and that yes this is more uh restricted but it's going to be more open once we leave midgard just like in the original game and yes the answer was players will be able to join uh, or sorry players will be able to journey across the uh across the wide and multifaceted world with a high degree of freedom experiencing a myriad of different stories along the way and that's from the director um so yes it indeed will still be open world um i imagine it's going to be much like uh, Final Fantasy 15 was in that regard. The next question, uh, what are some of the key things to look forward to in the Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth story? Excuse me. Uh, players will, the answer, players will witness a chain of narrative developments that lie at the very heart of the Final Fantasy VII story while discovering each character's destiny. Um, so this obviously beating on that same idea of fate and destiny. Um, question, and this one I found particular. We'll break this open more um, in our Final Fantasy episode of Gameology. Um, but the question posed is, do I need to play the Final Fantasy VII Remake to enjoy the uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? The answer, no. We have made preparations so the players who did not get a chance to play the first game can fully enjoy Rebirth. I think that's interesting, uh, but that also beats along with their promise from the beginning. They said from the beginning they want to make it a very accessible game. So the remake, for example, they want it to be a great experience for people who played the original and loved it and an equally great experience for new fans who have never played the original and don't know the intricacies of the lore. And this is just playing that same path. They want people to come in at any point and still have a good experience. There's still purists like me who will tell you that you're going to get a richer feel for the story if you play them in order, but I'm not here to dictate how you play, only make suggestions. Um, next question, has the battle system changed from Final Fantasy VII Remake? And eh, this is a huge relief to me. The answer in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, new comrades will join you in battle and you can cooperate with other party members in even closer ways than before. Um, and we saw this in that new trailer and um, I'm so happy that they kept the uh the combat system they had because to this day i think that was my favorite combat system from a final fantasy to date i was saying so much when it first came out i hope they adopt this for some future games or at least keep it through all of the iterations of this i didn't i was really hoping i didn't have a xeno saga experience um for those who um didn't play the Xenosaga trilogy. Great trilogy. Amazing story. One thing a little annoying. They like 
wildly changed the game mechanics and battle mechanics, especially with all every one of the three games. So you'd like learn how to play the game, then go to the sequel. And now you have to basically learn how to play a different game. Um, so I'm glad they're sticking to that. When they say in closer ways, I assume that's more intricate combos. I know in the trailer, there were some um, Nanaki Yuffie combos that definitely looked like some really tooled in combos. Um, and there was some talk at one point about kind of a Gambit-esque system for and, and kind of adding more uh, control over unmanned NPCs. So that's always really good, too. So, so far, everything I've seen has only increased hype. I have hit no worry points. Um, question, will Final Fantasy VII Rebirth have, a, have new original music? Answer, many new tracks have been created for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and we will be making some new arrangements of tracks from Final Fantasy VII Remake as well. So this is great. Basically, a combination of the two. That's what we want. And the last one, of course, was when can I find out more? And the answer, this was yesterday, was more information will be revealed soon, obviously, meeting the trailer today. Um, and it did look really great. Go check it out if you haven't already. Um, there's also a new trailer for uh, Ever Crisis, which I'm hopeful for. Um, this is the one that is a, it's a mobile game, but it's essentially what everyone, not everyone, that was a what a very loud, very small amount of people were really hoping to get out of the remake where it's exactly the same as the original game in every aspect except better graphics, um, maybe some better music. That's what there, there was there was a section of people that all they wanted was shiny graphics, upgraded arrangements for music. And other than that, exactly cookie cutter the same. Um, this is their happy spot. Uh, it does that not just for the original, but for everything in the Final Fantasy VII universe. So everything from um, Crisis Core, <clears throat> the original game, it goes over Dirge of Cerberus, Advent Children, even before Crisis, which was another mobile game that was released only in Japan years and years and years ago, it sh and the remake itself. It shoves all of those into this one streamlined game for mobile. Um, how exactly they're going to go about that? There's a few ways. I am nervous about it because it could be really cool or really shitty. We'll just have to see. And then the last thing in my Final Fantasy news, we've had more and more swirlings over Final Fantasy IX remake. Um and so an insider, according to uh, the gamer via Reset Era, uh, inside, an insider has said that the Final Fantasy VII remake is real. I think some people might have an initial skeptical reaction because we've skipped eight, right? But I'll remind everybody wait, that wait, we... Wait. You just said Final Fantasy VII Remake is real after spending oh, two sorry. minutes talking about I, it. I think I was spending two minutes talking about it, so that's the number that was in my brain. I meant Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> the Final <laughs> Fantasy IX Remake <laughs> is real. It's because I just spent, yeah. Anyways, so a lot of people are like, well, why? You know, they're skipping Final Fantasy VIII. Now it's going out of order. 
Um, but I would remind everyone that's how they did the ports and remasters too. I don't think we ever got a satisfying answer as to why they did that, but I'm guessing for whatever reason that made them do the ports and remasters out of order is the same reason they're planning to do remakes out of order, which is something I'd kind of theorized a while back. Um, but an insider has confirmed that it is real. Um, it's reported as being a PS5 exclusive. Um, I, I, it's probably going to be uh, oh, a timed exclusive. At this point. I, I, I think it will be, but I think it'll be a timed exclusive. Um, no solid real release date over it, though. Um, but it has uh, been reported that it will have traditional turn-based combat. So we'll uh, keep you posted as we go through on that. There's very little news. Most of it is leaks and rumors. So, But I, I truly believe this is the next and a good step for them is to start remaking these classics because um, there's a lot of people that want them and they're having this, you know, this, uh, this syndrome where – they're 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 still putting out good new original stories, but they're starting to like like some of their newer installments are looking like older installments in ways they're 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 floundering a little bit and they have so many out now honestly they could start remaking games and by the time they ran out of games to remake Final Fantasy VII and therein are going to need remade again so they could put themselves in this cycle if they wanted to um, of just updating all of the stuff that they have and putting maybe putting a new one out every once in a while but um final fantasy 7 vr remake now you can motorboat tifa <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah yeah like that wouldn't sell for hundreds of dollars yes it would <laughs> no i know i was being sarcastic be, he was being facetious yeah, oh, no, so. <laughs> there's people that if they put that as an exclusive for that stupid like four thousand dollar apple vr set people would be buying it just to do that but that's uh um, what one other one other bit of news on your final fantasy 7 remake yeah um the second part is being shipped on two discs, so yes. I'm not exactly sure what they're doing. I don't know if there's going to be no I, download or it's being completely installed from the discs. Yeah. If it's running just from the discs, I would assume so, it's being installed from the discs because at one point they said that the reason it's on PlayStation is because the hard drive is the only way for combat to work unless Yoshi P was just talking out of his ass. And that's the same way that the remake was also for Final Fantasy VII Remake. For PS4, I don't think it's the same for PS5, but when I got it for PS4, it was two discs as well. It was one of the first two-disc games for PS4. Um, and that's how it was. One disc was a disc that was just an installation disc and had a big, heavy install. And then the other disc was basically like a typical game where it had a light install of a couple things, and then that's the disc that had to be inserted to play um but the first one was one that you basically install the bulk not all but the bulk of the download and then you put that one away and you never touch it again oh, unless you're yeah. installing it on another machine somewhere i remember having a fourth disc for the uh, pc version of the original final fantasy 7 ocds hmm. you were so teeny <laughs> yeah it's 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 getting to the point where like 
Well, actually, at this point, like if it's that big, I am glad to get the the physical copy because downloading that is going to take ages. So, um, but I guess I, yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm pr- I'm going to get like a physical a copy download. just because I need to have my like special collector's edition with all the shit. But I've really gotten to the point where I'm perfectly happy getting digital games now. All right, oh, the- man. It was like six years ago when nobody wanted digital games, and here we are now. <laughs> Um, I still get physical copies. If it's a game that like I really need, and, like I love this game, I want to have a nostalgic physical copy. But also anything at that level, I want a good steel book for too. So I've gotten to the point where it's either worth buying the like special edition and getting a steel book that I can display in my collection, or not and get digital. So the last thing that I have, which transitions us into our industry news, is our PS Plus monthly games for June. We have NBA 2K23, uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2, and Trek to Yomi. So all of those are available on PS4 and PS5. Trek to Yomi is a bit clunky, but is a fantastic game. Nice. It's not very long. It's like the perfect length, but it is fantastic. And I do recommend it. Okay. Um, and then, I oh. I heard the NBA 2K23 takes up like a ridiculous amount of your hard drive. I'm never into sports games, so I, I never bother. Um, the only other thing I guess I should mention on favorite games, uh, Mortal Kombat 1 uh, had a new gameplay trailer today, and it looks magnificent. I am hyped for the new Mortal Kombat. That is all. What do we have for industry news? Oh, I guess we're not since we're on Mortal Kombat. They did they did have a few new unique things for the game. You have your normal fighter, which is an entire separate roster. And then you do have like a backup or assist fighter. It's not like tag team. It's not like tech and tag where you have yeah. two actual fighters. You swap between to fight. You just call them in for specific attacks. It the still assist looks fighters aren't necessarily fighters you can play as. Um, I believe Ed Boone um, talked about it himself on stage at the Summer's Games Fest, and I believe he said that all of the assist fighters were mostly callbacks to the original Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, you'll have Sub-Zero with Mortal Kombat 1 Sub-Zero aiding you. Or you can have anyone else there. It, but yeah, they kind of went over a little bit more of the story and everything that's happening. Liu Kang became a fire god, made his own universe, pseudo reboot enough. There you go. It's like a you literal reboot, Cage. like not a game reboot, but like Johnny Liu Kang Cage, rebooted uh, the universe. <laughs> Got to see Johnny Cage punch Kenshi in the balls. So it was all good. Who is now Jean-Claude Van Damme, thus fulfilling the prophecy. Yep. Um, yep for those for those who don't know that's uh johnny cage is based off of jean-claude van damme so the uh yeah the prophecy has been fulfilled um didn't they say that the the tag team like lineup thing you can kind of customize their moves and stuff too it's it to me it sounded basically like like customize your own noob smoke yeah so pretty much you'll be able to customize their interactions and it's a lot like your I don't know what you want to call it. In every other fighting game, how you have your special gauge for, um, you know, just counters and combo 
and ways to continue your combos, whatever you want to call it, but that's what it runs off of. Mm-hmm. So it was showcased that, you know, someone is getting knocked into a corner. They were able to counter to stop the combo against them. You had someone extending their combo. Um, you had someone just coming in to hit them from across the screen to set up a combo and close a gap. So it's a it's a neat way to implement something they haven't had in their games before, but in a, mm. a way that's very uh, Mortal Kombat-y. Yeah. I dig it. Um, Noom Smoke is one of my favorite to play because of that like uniqueness of of like interchanging both of them. So I'm really stoked to see how this plays out. So what else do we have for industry news today? Uh, Disney's card game is getting sued for allegedly oh, copying yeah. the Bible's design. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember watching a video on that. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so. The, the big Disney Lorcana game that everyone's hyped for uh, might be uh, stolen ideas from Upper Deck. Yep. Uh, Disney steal ideas? What? The complaint alleges that, that Lor- Yeah, okay, yeah. The complaint alleges that Lorcana co-designer Ryan Miller, who previously worked on an as-of-yet unreleased game for Upper Deck called Rush of Icor, lifted core aspects of that game's design and concepts to make Disney Lorcana. Which is the co-creator So it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be super, super similar because you have a bunch of TCGs who have essentially, you know, followed off of various things Magic the Gathering has done. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how close and what Upper Deck brings to the table for that because they are asking the judge to stop Disney from releasing it. So they must have a lot of really damning evidence or evidence that they think is really damning on that. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess having the guy who headed it at your company go over and release, you know, a game so quickly at Disney, that's that's illegal on multiple mm-hmm. levels. That's potentially poaching from Disney on Disney's part. Um, I mean, it's not really Disney putting it. I can't remember the name of the company that Disney is paying to make the game. Ravensburger. But yeah, it's essentially Ravensburger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's against Ravensburger and Disney and we'll see what Disney does. Disney might just pull the plug and tell Ravensburger you're on your fucking own. <laughs> So who knows who knows how that'll go. But Upper Decks, no small company. They uh, how dare you bring shame on the mouse? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I have no idea if that was anything close to a good. That was very Uh, good. And it was (laughs) it was it was at least exactly like it was in the cartoon. I can't remember what it was. It's like either South Park or like the Simpsons or Family Guy or something. Yeah, it it was it was definitely like parody cartoon quality. Yeah, you don't you don't want to make it too close. Otherwise, Disney will show up at your door. Yeah, don't make it too close or our podcast is fucked. Uh, No, it was a parody. And. that's what I intended it as. Do you think and Disney cares? Disney has single-handedly <laughs> ruined the U.S.'s trademark and copyright system. Uh, from the people no, who have like who like ten uh, percent of their content is original content. <laughs> like their empire was built on stealing stories from Brothers Grimm and other sources, and now they're like, "How dare you touch our stories!" 
Uh, speaking yeah. of speaking of which, real quick, um, before I forget about it, there's a boomer shooter on the way called Mouse, and it <laughs> looks a lot like an old 1920s style steamboat Willy cartoon, shooting a whole bunch of steamboat oh Willy style goofies. Um, it's on Steam. It's fantastic. M O U S. Should check it out. Because I already forgot about it from like two weeks ago when I saw it. <laughs> hmm. What do you got for industry news for us there, Sasquatch? Speaking of suing, um, <laughs> a miner, along with his father in the UK, is suing Nintendo for their, quote, immoral Mario Kart Tour gacha system. Um, so the UK, pretty tough pretty harsh on bringing down um, the ban hammer on anything that can be loosely associated with gambling. So gacha systems, uh, loot boxes, anything like that in the UK. Uh, well, apparently the kid used $170 from his father's credit card. So yeah, the father wasn't too, too pleased when he found out what's going on. Um, he wasn't reimbursed from Nintendo. So they filed a lawsuit. So that's going on. Um, the suit was filed in March, but it just appeared in the federal dockets. So, yeah, there we go. Nintendo's being sued. Yeah, all the people and that are speaking, sue happy on everyone else is getting sued now. And speaking of Nintendo and lawsuits and illegal things, um, the Steam release of the GameCube and Wii emulator Dolphin was upcoming. Steam was a little wishy-washy on its actual legality because they don't really do much with looking into stuff and curating stuff as long as it's not anything straight up illegal. So, you know, like no child pornography or violence against children, stuff like that. Um, anything like that is, is an automatic no-go. So they reached out to Nintendo. Nintendo said, yeah, we don't want that. So Steam pulled it and told the emulator developers to take it up with Nintendo. Um, now, emulation inherently is not illegal, but what made this an issue was that the emulator contains the keys for games to run. So it makes it a bit easier for people who are going to be flying that Jolly Roger to get the game to get games running on the emulator. Um, though Nintendo's letter says directly that emulation is bad because it stints creativity and takes food and money away from the mouths of the creators. I'm sorry, I Nintendo. Have... You're not making money from GameCube and Wii games anymore. That's no, a crock and... full of shit and you're fucking idiots. No, that's stupid. God, and... I hate Nintendo. They're at... but, like, not they're a... their rights to say, though the keys can't be there. But Nintendo just really hates emulation all in all because, I mean, part of their business strategy is in 10 years, re-release a game on a really shitty emulator on their own devices, but sell it for the same price as a modern game. So any sort of anything like this, they don't care. They don't like emulation. If they had it their way, you would not be legally emulating your own games because all it takes is a it takes just a really cheap cartridge reader that you plug into your computer to rip off everything you need. But it, uh, yeah, so Nintendo said none, none of this. So theoretically, if they remove those automated keys, that way people have to have the original files from their own cartridges or their own disc reader in the case of the Wii and GameCube, um, that could be technically allowed. 
it's just so frustrating because like they're like oh it's taking food off the plate of developers no you're taking food off the plate of developers because they're like, not like releasing you, the stuff in a manner yeah, exactly that like can you, be bought like you said they're, they're not making any money off this old crap but even if it's not tied to nintendo if it's people emulating it through a third party those games are now gaining traction and so someone might play some old game they would have never otherwise had access to bring them into a series now they're buying the newer versions of it or newer games by the same dev teams because they had experience with that at least it's working as advertisement not just sitting dead in a drawer somewhere not to mention most developers are artists and they want their art to be viewed and enjoyed and if it's just sitting in the back of a drawer somewhere no one's making money no one's experiencing the art that they spent so much time to create there's no yeah it just it, like you said it'd be one thing if they were taking these games being sold on ebay to begin with yeah if, <laughs> if they were making like if if it was people circumventing access to the games because they don't want to spend money if it was you could buy these games if i could go and, and buy all the the old school pokemon games on my switch on the nintendo e-store but instead there's people emulating them then yeah maybe but they're if emulation is the only way and they refuse to do anything to port those old games, that's on them. And I mean, honestly, for these older titles, it's the only way to to keep them around because yeah, they're not being made anymore. A lot of uh, in a lot of cases, older games like this, the original files and everything are are lost. That happens with plenty of studios looking to, you know, make a re-release or remaster of mm. games it happens all the time and they have to track down special developer copies they have to get in contact with people you know they mm. haven't worked with in 10 20 30 years and hope that they still have the master files and here's yeah, a secret <sighs> here's a secret everybody a lot of the emulators are made and maintained by the original dev teams i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say this right now um this wasn't this isn't even an emulator for their current system it's none of the switch emulators nintendo's probably just upset that someone got a copy of tears of the kingdom early and released you know pirated copies of it which um if you want to play tears of the kingdom at 60 frames per second that's how you do it on a pc i guess because <laughs> uh 20 <laughs> frames per second from what i've done is pretty pretty harsh it's not the best for an action rpg like it's dipping mm. below even the better minimum at 30 so if you want to fly your own jolly roger just go take a look at that it's it takes a little bit of setup that's about it those that's who nintendo should be going after is the people with twitch emulators yeah you know stuff where you can actively buy stuff but you're taking a look at you know the gamecube doesn't have an e-store anymore the wii store was just fucking shut down so there's no way for people to buy those games or acquire them, they have to be emulated copies. And I don't know. N Nintendo is the Japanese Disney of copyright and trademark abusing. Yeah. <laughs> That's 100%. where they took their page from. Um, you know how I said earlier today that Apple, that Apple was like the both both the most and least consumer friendly? Nintendo's just <laughs> straight up the most least consumer friendly. Yeah. So it's yeah. I, I have so many irks with Nintendo. Seventy dollars for a game that runs on average at twenty-two frames per second. That's people were upset that you know Jedi, you know Survivor wasn't running great, but they at least pushed it out to fix it. 
it's getting there. I still had issues with it, so I just got rid of it again. There's nothing they can do with that. That's just hardware, and that's on them because they just refuse to release like a better switch outside of an OLED screen. And at least they did something, I guess, with an OLED screen. Um, and let's take a look here. Uh, Antimatter Games, the developers behind the Rising Storm series. Um, they were a few historical team-based, very tactical, realistic shooters. Uh, Rising Storm, Rising Storm 2, um, based in World War II, Vietnam, and Vietnam. Yeah, and Vietnam. Um, they are being closed. Um, ENAG Global 7 said the decision to shutter the studio was made, quote, after exploring various strategic options, and it will likely take place sometime later this summer. Um, while the games themselves were fantastic, it's an extremely, extremely niche genre. Um, latter of their titles, the latest one, was released on consoles as well. You know, something that's essentially a war simulator is going to, you're going to be hard pressed to find an active player base on a console it's just it's just not going to work there's too much you have to do you have to actively spend time adjusting your sights for different distances leaning at different angles and there's just so much to do it's even hard to do it on a keyboard so antimatter games while they made some great games is unfortunately shutting down speaking of shutdowns and layoffs um playstation's visual arts uh AAA multiplayer team has been hit with more layoffs um they're literally called playstation visual arts so and this is likely linked to what's going on with their last of us multiplayer factions game which i'll get to a bit later um and some issue that's going on with there but yeah they've quote reduced their headcounts due to project restructuring and at least one reported cancellation of a ps5 game um that was one i spoke about last time with a studio closing down in its entirety so yeah, this this developer was hiring for a project as early as last year, so uh, October twenty twenty two. So they haven't even made it through a full year before Sony decided we're gonna cut back on this, which is surprising, honestly, considering Sony has stated that by twenty twenty six they want to be developing eighty percent of their games into live service games. So this seems like a major step backwards on that goal but uh it is what it is <clears throat> speaking of sony cd project red apparently had some rumors floating around that they were going to be acquired by playstation um the at a shareholders meeting the ceo of cd project red said those rumors were unvalidated and completely incorrect <laughs> Personally, I don't think Sony has enough funds to purchase a company that has a larger income than the entire country from which they're located. So <laughs> I'm just going to say that there. Sony's um, acquisitions budget, it did receive a 25% increase recently, but it was a 25% increase, increase from $12 billion. So that's probably not quite enough for, you know, what CD Projekt Red reels in each year, especially with, you know, post uh, Cyberpunk 2077 fallout. They have retained all of their value back through goodwill from, you know, continuing updates with the game, free updates and the upcoming um, Phantom Liberty, as well as the new Witcher projects on in works, as well as the Witcher remake. And 
going into some more Sony stuff. Sony is currently being investigated over concerns that it's, quote, abusing a dominant position in the video game console market. Um, and this is coming from the Romanian Competition Council. So a while ago, um, a while ago, in one of our first few episodes, Sony, I, I was talking about how Sony was being sued by a group of people because Sony wouldn't sell keys to their games outside of the PlayStation Store. They were holding all digital sales hostage to their own platform. Um, the, Roma the Romanian Competition Council is investigating this position by Sony. Um, huh. Maybe it's not Nintendo. Nintendo even sells keys on third-party sites. Maybe it's Sony. Um, in a press release translated uh, and shared on the website Reset Era, because I can't fucking read Romanian. I quote, the competition council had launched an investigation into a possible infringement of the competition rules by Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe Limited and its subsidiaries. Sony Interactive Entertainment Network Europe Limited and Sony Interactive Entertainment Direct Europe Limited together referred to as Sony in the video game distribution market for PlayStation consoles. The competition authority has indications that Sony may have abused its dominant position in the video game console market, both by selling online video games compatible with PlayStation consoles exclusively through the PlayStation Store platform and by prohibiting the sale of game activation code game activation codes compatible with PlayStation consoles by competing distributors. This is hard to read because it's machine translated, so it's not very good. Um, <laughs> These practices would have reduced the purchasing options for PlayStation compatible video games, leading to higher prices for video games for this type of console. Another effect of these practices is discouraging of Romanian studios from developing video games compatible with PlayStation. Um, this meaning a lot of a lot of developers for both Switch, uh, Microsoft's large platform. I say large platform because it's both a console and the PC marketplace. Um, also through Steam and just the PC in general. Developers for those games are allowed to sell keys to their games on their own through websites and other, other sources, just for comparison here. Sony's PlayStation brand consoles are preferred by Romanian gamers, according, for, according to public information. In Romania, there are approximately 1.3 million console video game users and 127 video game development studios that would be affected by this possible anti-competitive practice of Sony. As part of this investigation, the Competition Council carried out in inspections at Sony's premise in Europe to gather information and evidence. The inspections are justified by the need to obtain all the information and documents necessary to clarify the possible anti-competitive practices analyzed. Doing so does not prejudge the company's guilt. So, Romania is apparently not too happy with the lack of options its native developers do have when looking to sell their products um i don't know i don't i don't have a playstation are you able to buy digital no, codes for their games no, outside and of the it's, store it's like hyper annoying like so dog sathoth i bought him <laughs> he hasn't been able to play final fantasy 14 because his pc uh -huh. wasn't running it anymore it was bogging out um and he yeah. wanted to play it. he just got a ps5 wanted to play it on there so i went to get him a copy of final fantasy 14 for ps5 for his birthday and the amount of hoops is just like you can't gift someone a game. Not only can you not buy a game digitally anywhere except the PSN store, you can't gift games 
via the PSN store either. If you want to get a PlayStation game for somebody that's not a physical disc, you have to buy them a PlayStation Store gift card and then give them the code or the physical card so that they can enter it, get the funds in their wallet, then go in the PSN store and buy it. It's nope, nonsense. Even worse, actually, like it, even, even it would it would worse. be palat- it would be semi palatable if just if it was just like Steam where I could like buy a game and send it as a gift instead of adding it to my library. But you can't even do mm-hmm. that. It's super bullshit, and it's I'm only been that way for like approach. It's huh is. Having to do the gift card approach is excessively awful, honestly. Yeah, do no, they it's terrible. Sell card amounts for the price of a seventy dollars game. They didn't okay. even sell them for the price of a sixty dollars <laughs> game. You'd have to buy what? No, a they fifty and a twenty-five. They have or like a, a lot of weird increments, so you can get like a a ten dollar card, then a twenty dollar card, twenty-five dollar card, a fifty dollar card, a fifty-five dollar card, a sixty dollar card, a seventy-five dollar card, and a hundred dollar card. Like they have like the in typical some states, like seventy five dollar card won't even buy you the game. Yeah, it's they have the typical like ten, twenty five, fifty, a hundred, and then all these like weird intermediate intervals. Fifty five, sixty. But you can't you can't put you. I, I don't think you can get uh, custom amounts either. So you can't say like oh put sixty seven ninety two because that's exactly the amount I want for this DLC. No, you'd have to spend, you know how. And mind you, you don't have to do a gift card. You can just link it. But if you want to give it as a gift to somebody, then you have to either give them too much or not enough. Like actually, when I gave that yeah, to Dog yeah. Sothoth, it was it was uh, it's a sixty dollar game, but I think it was like a fifty or fifty five dollar gift card or or something like that. I know he had to supplement like five bucks because they just the gift card amount wasn't available. But it's it. <sighs> Buying it is is kind of a pain, but the real pain is gifting games to other people becomes a struggle. And that's why do that? What do they hate money? Don't you want people to buy things for other people? Like, come on. They love money, but with their system, it's like a mobile game. It's like a free to play game. You have to spend a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that card amount left over, that's not quite enough for something else. You got to go spend a little bit yeah. more. And oh, look here, you got a little bit more. Well, when you spend it's, it on uh, your own, you can. A, that's a very predatory, you, very predatory practice. You can pay an exact amounts if you pay on your own from your own PSN. Yeah. You just can't well, gift different. exact amounts. So you're almost if you gift somebody unless you. Yeah, it's unless you. Yeah, it's just. It's frustrating. It's really fucking frustrating. Like, and they've only been doing this for like the last two years. Nintendo and Xbox don't allow direct gifting of games. Um, but but you could buy a digital code for the game and then give that code to someone for the game and gift it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it works on Steam. Steam's just a lot more direct because it's just someone mm. from your friends. You send it to them. You get an email. They get an email. But like it's just that with one extra step, you have to copy the code that you got in your Amazon purchase or your whatever store purchase and send it. You know what else they're doing, too? <laughs> they're handcuffing themselves on enterprise purchases like through businesses. I wouldn't. So, for example, through work, I wouldn't be able to buy something for like my esports team 
through PlayStation at all. We can't run PlayStation stuff unless it's free to play because the way purchases have to work at my office, they have to go through a specific department. That department has to pay with a specific card and it has to get this tax free, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, when we order games, they have to buy the game from Best Buy or from GameStop or from Amazon, one of those three locations, the only three vendors mm-hmm. we can work with for those things. They buy the digital Quite code, sense. then they email me, the head coach that digital code and i go and claim it on our official accounts that's the only way we can do it and i know for a fact that there's other businesses not just colleges but businesses that work the exact same way because of the bureaucracy they have to do for purchasing and now they're just never going to be able to buy a digital game on playstation simply because they've made it impossible to do because they can't just it's just it's frustrating for me professionally, for me personally. It's just a big frustration. And like I said, they made that decision like two years ago. Um, that it all that also made it awful to try and get the last expansion for Final Fantasy. It adds complications to to things like that, where if you're buying DLC or expansions for MMOs, it becomes a huge thing because you can't buy it from the like I can't buy expansions from the Square Enix website anymore. So like if I want, it's yeah, just I didn't think yeah. it was always like that. I I no, swore no. at one point that you were able to buy online codes. Oh yeah, no. They, but they, I think I remember that was a new change because that lawsuit came to me as a surprise because yeah. I had a PS4. This must just be a PS5 change. No, it's 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 PS4 and PS5, but it's only been going on for it like two about, years. Came about with the PS5. Yes, yes, correct. Okay. Um, because it was I remember when. When Endwalker came out, I had to buy it in a different way than I was used to. And that was like brand new, like during their announcement, like now that PlayStation's doing all this. um, So it's it's literally since around the time Endwalker came out um, that it's been like this. So about two years ago, a little less than two years ago. Well, actually, now probably about two years ago now that they made the announcement. So probably like summer 21. But I, yeah, it's a big pet peeve. Um, I'm really, I'm just, I'm very disappointed because I'm such a huge Sony fan. I'm such a huge PlayStation fan. And the last two years, it's just bullshit after bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. Um, And, and yeah, this is just really like the Nintendo approach if you're going through their official site. I mean, you can get deals and stuff through third-party sites for nintendo but typically nintendo rarely ever does a sale unless it's from a major publisher probably threatening to pull their products um like i remember i got diablo 2 resurrected on the switch for like 12 dollars um but yeah you can find random sales that aren't necessarily on the playstation network say like we're, we're talking about the xbox ecosystem if it's not on sale there you have multiple other websites to go to that has digital keys. So like it might be on sale on Amazon or G2A or mm. any other website like that. It's. But they're still getting their wholesale price their out of it. They're not losing money. It just. No, uh, no. It's, they're losing money by doing um, what they're doing now because it's less accessible to people. It man. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating, <laughs> dude. It's really frustrating. <laughs> In other frustrating news, um, oh, something came out of the CMA's blo- 
proposed block of the Microsoft Activision Blizzard King merger. Um, and this is coming from, let's see, CEO. OK, um, the CEO of the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, Sarah Cardell, released her own report on this, um, on what they went over through. Um, so. A few things happened here, which is kind of kind of telling the CMA discussed with the FTC 26 times over their. How many weeks was this? 32 weeks, 32 weeks um, discussion of the merger with the FTC 26 times. Um, I'm not sure why they would consult with another regulatory body, but that's what they did. Um, yeah, so the FTC expressed that they weren't excited about it as well, but they haven't issued anything on it yet either because it has not come to pass. That is stated for later in the month, I believe. Um, but yeah, the in the report from from this, the actually the U.S. House Oversight Committee is looking to probe the FTC on allegations of abuses of power by working with the CMA on this because the FTC is supposed to be its own body. Um, and also, this is also going on in the U.K. as well. There are many politicians in the U.K. as well as many different uh, consumers different organizations who do fully support the merger as well. Organizations that would be in direct competition with Microsoft's cloud division, because obviously they were given deals, lifetime deals to use any Activision Blizzard product on their streaming services from Microsoft that no extra charge that just has to be bought and has to be owned. Um, so, you know, as long as the game's bought, they could run it through their streaming service. But yeah, there are looks into both the FTC and the CMA from both sides of the ocean about abuses of power. Um, so this is getting really weird. <laughs> uh, it's been really and, weird. Let's be real. And in these 32 weeks of the, the 32 weeks between Sony and Microsoft slapping it out in court, um, four <laughs> weeks in total was spent on discussing cloud gaming and cloud gaming is what the CMA decided to block the entire deal on. So four weeks was enough for them to come to a conclusion, I guess, on that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's a lot of people over there. And speaking of that, it sounds like, honestly, that's Microsoft coming from Microsoft themselves, uh, the CEO. I can never remember his name. Um, he has stated that despite the CMA's ruling, they do plan to appeal it, but they do also plan to go through with the merger. If that happens, there can be quite a bit of fallout on how the CMA rules that Microsoft Activision Blizzard King cannot operate in the country. This can mean that maybe just Activision Blizzard King games will not be allowed within the UK, or this can be that all Microsoft games cannot be allowed in the UK. This could also mean that Microsoft has to pull out of the UK in its entirety. So... <laughs> This is getting really Spassy. weird. <laughs> I I want I want full fallout. Just pull all Microsoft <laughs> products from the UK. <laughs> Anarchy now! I want to watch the world burn. Just the UK. They already make themselves burn. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that is an option that that is an option that might be on the table here and on the way because the CEO of Microsoft himself. Not just uh, Bobby Kotick of Activision Blizzard King 
or um, I can't remember who is the CEO of the game, the, the chief acting officer of the gaming division. Typically, it's just Phil Spencer, who's always the mouthpiece we hear from. Um, everything else has said that they're going to appeal it, obviously, because they do want the merger to go through because they want that mobile gaming space. They have said so themselves that they want to work with King because after so many years, even with games like Genshin Impact and now Honkai Star Real pulling in millions of dollars a week, there's still one king at the top of the mobile gaming market, and that is Candy Crush. King and Digital, Microsoft the EA wants... of mobile development. <laughs> Microsoft wants into that gaming market. The mobile gaming market, they have stated before that they have plans on creating their own uh, gaming stores for mobile devices if they would be allowed, which. With everything coming to turn, it seems like Android has started to offer that. And in the UK, I believe Apple is going to have to begin offering that as well. Much like how all Apple phones in the UK need to run off USB-C because two different charging cables is too difficult for the average UK user. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of weird stuff going on that has came from this Microsoft's uh, Microsoft attempted purchase of Activision, Blizzard King, to where the UK just might potentially lose literally every single Microsoft product. Now we get to see how much of the UK's governmental systems and transportation were still running off of MS-DOS. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Activision, CEO Bobby Kotick has said Activision has, quote, never had systemic issue with harassment. I'm okay, sorry, I what? <laughs> here's another reason why you should just let microsoft buy them just let them have it it's, if they want to buy have. the dumpster let them have the dumpster like uh it has been stated that if microsoft purchases abk ceo bobby kodak will be gone he will get a nice payday if they don't ceo bobby kodak will remain so balls in your court uk save us jesus <laughs> Um, fucking circus fire axis fire axis developers of the XCOM series as well as the more recent Marvel Midnight Suns which was a fantastic take on a tactics game merged with a cart with a deck builder um, very terrible awful persona-ish high school in between play though let me tell you um, they've been hit by Playoffs recently, though, um, while Midnight Suns was a critical success, technically, it was not a financial success. So around 30 developers at the company have been laid off um, so that Firaxis can, quote, perform a sharpening of focus enhancements of efficiencies and an alignment of our talent against our highest priorities. So probably XCOM 3. Um, previously, I spoke about how how Raf Grissetti left uh, God of War. He was their art director for the most recent two games. He has actually joined Netflix games. Um, he is joining Halo veteran Joseph Staten for their new multi-platform IP. Um, so Netflix is going full in here on their AAA multi-platform game. Um, who will be joining, like I said before, Joseph Staten, Jerry Edsall, and Chaco Sunny. Um, so we have a team of big names working on it. We just don't have much more interest. Um, and going back to another un <laughs> ongoing court legal system battle, 
Creator of Sonic, Yuji Naka, has been sentenced to over two years in prison for his bout of insider trading. Um, this came about when he had friends at Square Enix, and he learned through them that various m- mobile games are going to be purchased for mobile games with Square Enix titles put on them, um, such as the Chocobo Racing GT. That was one of them, and I think that's also a console game, too. Um, what was it? Final Fantasy First Soldier, which Netflix, or not Netflix, Square Enix has shut down after less than a year. That game at its um, core was so decent, it would have been so epic if it were on anything but mobile. Literally anything. Literally anything but mobile, and that would have been such an epic game. I'm so pissed off about it. <laughs> well, anyways, he was arrest- he was arrested in November of last year, and he pleaded guilty in March. And apparently he showed no signs of remorse for his actions because the man got rich. He got to keep the money and only faced a small fine. So he has a f- couple years in prison and he gets to remain rich. <laughs> they didn't take the Why money. Either, jobs? <laughs> no, they don't. You get fines. Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> I'm going back to Nintendo. Nintendo has officially shut down their eShop sales in Russia. So they got to it about seven months after literally everybody else. <laughs> um, so, however, anything you purchase from the eShop, you can still download that content for a limited time. Um, but any new purchases will not be done. Maybe this is why Nintendo pushed out an update very recently, making it almost impossible now to jailbreak your Switch. Mm. Um, that was a secret update that dropped. It no longer forces your Switch to restart after various updates. It's all done in one go. And there are automatic updates now. Um, it was proven that this did make it near impossible to jailbreak anymore. You can, of course, reset the switch and go back to another older, you know, system software date, different file, and still do that. But yeah, this came out. Then the next day, Nintendo shut down their eShop sales in Russia. So, and it has been said that uh, the Russian government has told their citizens to just start pirating if they're not going to have access to anything, uh- anyways. <laughs> Speaking of companies doing bad things that make no sense, Twitch. Um, Twitch has gone in a full circle here. They ran one direction really stupidly. They stopped, did a 180 kind of, then turned back right around and kept running in the straight direction towards a cliff. Um, Initially, a few days ago, Twitch had released a new surprise update to the terms of service for in-stream advertisers. Essentially, it's said that you can no longer have custom banners for your advertisers on your screen. If you had a watermark, it could only be 3% of the screen in total for the company you're advertising. You can no longer have baked in video ads. So if a company provided you a quick advertisement to run, you could not run that ad. That would be against terms of service. You couldn't have audio ads play at any time. Um, You... Let's see. What else was there? They split the profit sharing again to even worse for streamers. And on top of it, they said that if you don't accept these terms of service, we're going to take 25% or $25 of the funds available in your Twitch account before you cash out. If you don't like these, even though we're breaking the contract and making you sign a new one. Well, easy to say, nobody liked this. Nobody. Twitch decided to pull everything from their saying from their uh from their terms of service update site through a tweets various tweets letting letting everybody know we missed the mark 
these weren't directed at you even though they were all directed at the users also quite a baffling list of pre- of uh prevented types of sponsorship deals um so obviously nothing illegal no drugs nothing like that you can't promote selling drugs drugs on it that made sense um there was no weapons so weapon manufacturers couldn't be advertised for so if you know you have some country bumpkin streamer who has a gun collection and they get sponsored by beretta or cult or something that's not allowed anymore um what was it that's really stupid no, especially like no there's a lot stuff. of streamers for oh, like hunting games and stuff it gets worse uh no medical practices or medicines so this is where it starts getting really wait as bad. in like a if lot. i was if i was having anaphylactic shock and used my EpiPen, they'd be like fuck you no you're not advertising it but i'm talking oh, about like, okay I'll, I'll give you i'll give you i'll give you an example um so summer games done quick or games done quick they always do a major charity that they donate to and it's a sponsorship deal the the organization comes to them gives them the funds that they need to run the event and then all the funds that come in from donations are provided to that charity so doctors without borders is now illegal to advertise for on twitch bro Wait, wait, wait. Does that mean I can't do extra life? Because that raises that raises money for children's hospitals. Absolutely. That's bullshit. That is a medical medical facility. Well, how do they Um, they switch owns extra life? How do they what? (laughs) They said it wasn't aimed at streamers. It was aimed at third parties, as all of the graphics showed individual streamers. My God. (laughs) Um, yeah, so they pulled this. Uh, there's also no cannabis ads, but you could have alcohol ads because that's safer. <sighs> Fuck, <laughs> alcohol is okay to advertise. Did they? Don't did worry. like? Did like? Did Disney buy Twitch? What's going on? <laughs> no, Twitch has always been awful. Twitch has just been going downhill ever since. Um, they got it. They got a new CEO who is more focused on short-term income mm. than long-term sustainability. Um, it's why YouTube Live has become so big. It's why other streaming services such as Kick exist now, which are becoming bigger. Why but, Discord's um, like now you can Twitch- screen share in your stage plat or in your stage channel. Okay, I got rid of all <laughs> multi-streaming. So you can you can no longer stream to any other website, no matter how you are affiliated with Twitch. So if you're an affiliate oh or a God. partner, your contracts all the same. You can no longer stream horizontally or vertically. Previously, oh, you could stream vertically, which means to, I don't know, Instagram or TikTok or stuff like that. Now you can stream to nowhere else but Twitch. And if you don't like this, tough luck. 25% or $25, you have to pay to Twitch to break the contract that they canceled and broke a new one for. Um, so they pulled all of this information saying, we're sorry, we missed the mark on this. This wasn't aimed at you. Only to get rid of the graphics and put it back in text form. The same exact thing. Oh my God. Thing. So... Yeah, I, uh, I I pulled my my payment information, how Twitch used to pay me. And I'm just going to cancel that and they can just, I don't know, try to collect twenty five dollars from me for the rest of my life. I'm uh, I'm <laughs> glad I never got heavily invested into that. I think my YouTube channel is is better. Uh, I, uh, I, I I primed on YouTube. I, I, and, like, made it, I made it. Stuff. A, yeah. And like this will affect tournaments. And I yeah. think the best thing was when. Oh, but you can advertise real life 
products for stuff. So you can put like real life things behind you. And so someone got a little bit cheeky is like, so I can just put a Logitech on this monitor and put it behind me and have it take up 50% of the screen space, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but this will kill any sort of esports events on there oh, because yeah. those are actively, those have baked in ads because there's downtime. You need to run commercials. Um, mm-hmm. They have banners. There's advertising everywhere because those tournaments wouldn't exist without, say, like I just watched IEM Dallas Intel Extreme Masters. It's named after the company. Well, it's it's no different than any other sports like that. Their their funding comes from advertisement. That's how they make money. Yeah. That's they they make money by look. We draw in big crowds. Pay us to show big crowds your things. That's their basic was, business uh, model. This was wholly targeted essentially at streamers who had third-party ads who circumvented Twitch's advertisement systems. Because if you have someone come directly to you to, you know, sell a product, advertise a product for them, they're not going through Twitch. Twitch gets none of that profit. They only get profit for the ads that they themselves bake in, that everybody has to watch, that they force you to do to meet any sort of incentive goals to even get paid out. The intrusive banners that they put that cover up everything, the ads that they automatically roll after a certain amount of time. If so many viewers are in the chat, um, it's bad. Twitch is bad. And this is recently after Twitch announced their own new updated third party sponsorship program where the third parties go to Twitch. The streamer doesn't know how much the contract is worth, but the streamer is just told they're getting this much. As opposed to if you're working directly with a third party, the third party can pay less overall, but the streamer is getting all of that profit. Um, Twitch has said that this was misconstrued. It was meant to be more in line with other streaming platforms like YouTube. Sure. Um, But they somehow missed the entire mark. YouTube doesn't allow baked in ads either with one caveat. If the streamer makes those ads their own, if they make them themselves, if they make a skit, those are perfectly okay. Oh, excuse me. Those are perfectly okay to do because it's the content the streamer made themselves. And those are better. I don't care about anything on the screen. Yeah, those are better. Anyways, I, I, I said this is what we intended to do. This was targeted at third parties. Well, this had none of the none of the nomenclature in this was targeted at third parties. It was targeted at individual streamers, small to large. Yeah, that's a backpedal and if I ever heard one. It's a backpedal and they backpedaled to where they originally <laughs> where they just got rid of the fancy graphics. Which thinks streamers are really stupid. <laughs> They're like, we'll just change how it looks and they'll think that it's all okay now. <laughs> what the fuck? Speaking of organizations thinking their uh, primary consumers are stupid. Uh, <laughs> Riot God. Games has changed some rules for the League of Legends pro scene. Um. This result, what happened was that um, not a lot of money was coming through and not a lot of talent was coming out through the NACL, the North America Challenger League, um, which is where up and coming esports players for League of Legends uh, can potentially make it to the big time. Um, This was not doing anything, though, really. It was not it was not receiving viewership because the games were inferior to anything you'd watch in the LCS. So the LCS Players Association staged a strike action after Riot immediately canceled all of those players' contracts. They didn't let the contracts run through. They didn't give them any warning that's saying, hey, at the end of the season, 
we're getting rid of this league because it's missing the mark. It's not doing what we wanted. In fact, only two players from the NACL have seen any meaningful time in the LCS scene. And so the LCS Players Association said we're going on strike. The LCS has been pushed back two weeks with Riot threatening to cancel the LCS season altogether because a deal has not been made between the two. But it's good to see that, you know, some of the better players who don't really have much to lose here sticking up for their 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 friends and other people in the association. And lastly, uh, a bit of good news here. Really, really interesting news. Um, NVIDIA has revealed NVIDIA Ace for games. Um, this is really, really cool tech. I do recommend everybody go and check out their tech trailer for it. Um, what it is, is it uses AI in a neat way. It's not a U.S. drone running through a simulation being told it can't kill its pilot. So instead says, OK, and shoots down the building instead. Um, this is AI that the player can have actual conversations with in the game using uh, voice to. I don't, I'm not sure how the AI will read it. If it'll just go voice to text for the AI to look it up, then respond back with an AI generated voice. But it looks really cool. The NVIDIA Kairos demo, um, that is Neat. the first showing of it. It shows the player talking to an NPC using their actual voice to talk. This would be really cool for, you know, any sort of VR game or just anything in general, really. It is really yeah. cool tech. NVIDIA is actually doing really cool tech with AI, like everyone else who's becoming really scary. They're just making video games for us. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how can we Let's cause see. Terminator in real life? instead of how could we make this useful? So there are a few studios already looking into using this. Um, Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl is the first game taking an actual look into that, and that's a really big game coming to Microsoft platforms later. I believe it's going to be next year. I'm sure we'll see more Sunday about it, since it was a super, super loved uh, niche game back when Stalker and Clear Skies launched. Um, a few indie studios are also working on it. Uh, the audio to face for character animations, which is used in this as well, is being used by uh, Fallen Leaf Studio in their game Fort Solace. And Charisma.ai is a company who is working on creating virtual characters through AI, and they're also using this for animation in their conversation engine. So it's a chatbot, but creepier. So yeah, figured and industry news I, on a good note. An I think interesting note. I think that'd be that's a really cool concept though. Make NPCs that like respond to what you actually say. That could be really and cool they, in like JRPGs where a big part of the story is like world building and and feeling close to the characters and community. That that would be like super badass. Did you ever play um, L.A. Noir? It sounds familiar. This, I know I didn't play it. I think I've heard of it. So L.A. Noir is was that by Rockstar? I can't remember. I don't. Yeah, it was by Rockstar. It was a game, but I L.A. Noir was a rock was a game from from Rockstar. Um, you it, it's you you play as a war veteran returned back becomes a cop becomes a detective, and it's all around reading reading facial animations of the other of the NPCs to see if they're lying or telling the truth as you yeah. go through these cases and accuse people and stuff. Neat. It was really on the forefront of tech for facial tracking. Mm. If you came up with LA Noir 2 yeah. and used this as well, rather than have a few prompts from stuff you came across and were hinted about that you might have forgotten if it wasn't in the prompt to ask about, you would have to 
you would actually have to remember the prompts you came up, the, the hints you came across, so you could ask them directly mm. about it. Okay. So something like that would be really, really cool. So Rockstar, get on using yeah. NVIDIA Ace and making me an LA Noir 2, because that was probably, I think that was the best open world game I've ever played. Because okay. it, it was such a cool, faithful recreation of like really, really old LA. That sounds cool. But I think it's LA. I think it's second place. You know what the best possibility would be? Um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's a Silent Hill game that like as you like respond to questions and do things, it starts to suss out like what some of your biggest fears are. And then it uses those fears against you by generating like creatures that you would be more likely to be afraid of. And I mean, this is like a PS1, PS2 game. Like they just use responses and like basically um conditional logic to suss it out if you added ai to that oh my god the terrors that could be created it's just going to be spiders and clowns or spider clowns for me i'm not afraid of either (laughs) of those things um it's going to be the prohibition of weed (laughs) i mean i've already lived through that that wasn't that scary either It's going to be the prohibition of weed and destiny and Shin Megami Tensei. It's just going to be the end of video games. Like the game just, it's going to end. It's like, we've detected your biggest fear and it just for a black screen. It just ends like the Sopranos. (laughs) All right. What do we got over in entertainment news? Um, Naughty Dog has said that they need more time for the Last of Us multiplayer game Factions while teasing a new single player game that's on the way. Um, so this is in line with what I talked about with the visual arts studio receiving closures and layoffs because um, they were working on Factions, but Naughty Dog can't seem to nail that down. This also comes off the news that Bungie visited Naughty Dog to see how progress was going and they were not impressed at all. So Bungie seems to be the go-to people for live service games there at Sony. Somehow fair game dollar sign is okay, but Last of Us Factions is not. Power Wash Simulator is getting a Warhammer 40k level. Um, So that's cool. Uh, This was announced during Warhammer Skulls last week, along with a whole bunch of other stuff related to the Warhammer universe. Um, so, yeah, you'll be able to wash a few things in the Warhammer universe. There's like there's a bunch of weird crossovers. You have Bikini Bottom, Laura Croft's Mansion, um, whatever Final the motorcycles Fantasy fall from Final Fantasy 7, and now the world of Warhammer 40K. And speaking of Power Wash Simulator, it was announced um, along with the MetaQuest 3 that Power Wash Simulator, literally the best game to have a VR mode for, would be getting a VR mode. So... <laughs> I am in hopes that it will come to Steam as well, so I can use my better VR headset for it. But I mean, I hope it's better. It's way more money. I mean, I'm happy with it. But uh, yeah, so we do have a war- we do have a Power Wash Simulator VR mode on the way. So far, it's only confirmed for uh, MetaQuest Three. That could just be where they announced it because it was a big reveal event for MetaQuest. As well as uh, Bulletstorm VR was announced. It's the full game of Bulletstorm oh. in VR. Um, however, this is announced for Steam platform as well. Bulletstorm is 
probably my favorite first person shooter just because it's so off the walls. And that's because it came from the people who made Painkiller. That game has a gun that shoots shurikens and lightning. Nice. I, I bought so. Bulletstorm for two fucking dollars at GameStop in a discount bin. Years Best ago. fucking buy you ever got. Yes. I guarantee it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bulletstorm VR is on the way. It is the full game. There is a trailer you can watch to check it out in VR. It's only a minute 14, but the game is what, 11, 12, 13 years old? 12 years old. It launched in 2011. Um, so yeah, that's on the way. So it'll be Bulletstorm full clip edition. It'll have the Duke Nukem DLC in it, but it'll be available on MetaQuest and the Meta platform, whatever that's called, and Steam platform. Um, going back to Sony. Oh, Disney Dreamlight Rally, a free to, a free to play game from um, what studio was this? I don't know. It's a Disney game, Dreamlight Valley. Um, so far early access, you have to pay to get into it, but it will be a free to play game. It has been lauded. People people seem to love it. Um, tip: It has been. It was advertised as having cross save features, so you could play on your PC to your phone to your Xbox to your PlayStation. Cross save features are not available on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. It's available between the PlayStation 4 and 5, but not outside of that. The developer has come forward saying that, unfortunately, due to platform restrictions, PlayStation doesn't support cross-platform play. Therefore, it won't be possible to synchronize your progress from other platforms consoles to be with your PlayStation account progress. Yeah. So if you did end up purchasing purchasing this on Xbox through Games Pass or uh, the console itself or the PC Xbox Marketplace or Steam, wherever it might be, you're good to go to play it on all of those services. So you buy your early access on one platform, you can play it on the other platform. Unless you wanted to play it on your PlayStation or you bought it on your PlayStation, you're stuck there. So. I don't know. How can you support them at this point? <laughs> remember, um, remember when Microsoft didn't want to do cross platform, then they caved eventually. Yes. Have we just come full 360? Yes. It's a have. new villain. <laughs> and it's honestly, it's, it's at this point, it's not even Sony that I support. It's <laughs> I do not. I don't support the, the company. Studios. I enjoy the products. You, you know what I mean? And even that's starting to get hard to do because they're say... outpricing themselves, if nothing else. I would say it's um, fair to say you support the various developers because they're just yeah. kind of stuck oh, there yeah. because they're owned yeah, it's by not their Sony. Fault. The shareholders made their choice and where they're sold. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, this isn't the first time this happened. Um. Back in 2018, when Fortnite started going cross save across all platforms, they blocked the Nintendo Switch version for some reason as well and other platforms until a big stink came across. Um. So, yeah. It was weird. They also did the same thing with after Microsoft purchased um, Mojang, Mojang, whatever the company is behind Minecraft called. Um, They didn't want to allow cross play or saves on that or even Rocket League. So. This was only after both Microsoft and Nintendo released the commercial together advertising that you could play on their services with PC with Sony nowhere to be there. So I don't know what's going. God damn, what is going on? 
I don't know. Remember their cheeky commercial with the PlayStation 4 where they were like, here's how you share a game with your friend. You just hand it a disc. Yeah. Can we go back to that? Yeah. I don't, right? Did they, did we, did, did I miss like them getting like some new, like big time executive? Did, did, Jim did, Ryan, Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan is the new guy. But I it thought was, Jim Ryan's been House. around for a while though. He has, but he hasn't been the seat. He hasn't been the head. Oh, of PlayStation. so it's him. Yeah, it's geez, man. In other gaming news, a <laughs> someone who was a pretty big fan of Zelda took up a job at a delivery company company to steal a copy of Zelda Tears of the oh, Kingdom. I heard, that. I heard about that. Yeah. Um, and then he got busted by his mom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Two Japanese workers allegedly infiltrated a delivery company to steal copies of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom before launch. Um, this was originally published by Bunshin, um, and there was an automated computer-generated translation here going on. Um, so they were meant to assist with the delivery of copies of Tears of the Kingdom before launch, but they were nowhere to be found. A boss at the company then called one of their mothers and was told that they were at home playing a game. The game turned out to be a game that they had stolen from the delivery company on the way to its final destination. So they did it completely wrong. You got to deliver it there and in transit steal it. That way you can blame Nintendo for packaging it wrong. I'm not mad. Yeah, they none did. of this, was, they none of this was thought out well. <laughs> I'm mad they did it wrong. So, yeah, they were then fired from their jobs at the subcontractor, um, which is an obvious. And then they were made to reimburse the company for all the items they'd stolen while working there. So all the items, uh, all the what items. Else was so, there? Um, nothing else is listed here. It could just be multiple copies of the game. It could be some It could be like the Zelda or- switch as well. Or maybe like he's been stealing new copies like this forever, and this is the first time he got caught. No, no, they got the job there specifically for this. Oh. <laughs> and speaking of Japanese companies, Konami uh, came out with a little bit on their MGS3 remake, and they're doing the worst thing of all. They're using the original voice acting. So they're not bringing people in. They're not re-recording anything. They're just using the original voice track with no alterations. Um, to be fair, some of the voice actors for the Japanese version have passed on. Um, notably, The End. They actually got a really old guy and much like The End, waited around a week and he he, he died. Um so rather than try to find someone to replace him, which in this situation would be understandable, pull everyone else back. Konami's like, no, we don't want to pay everyone again. We're just going to use the original voice acting. So it's going to just be really disjointed. So, yeah, I guess they're they're having the potentially they're having the artist who sang the, song, the, the title song come back and sing a new version of it. But none of the voice actors will be recording anything else. Um, Konami has stated that, quote, the story and character voices in Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater remain the same from the original game. Um, that was when everyone thought, was like, oh, are they going to pull the voice actors in minus the ones they can't? Are they going to just use the same audio? What's going on? Turns out they're just using the same audio. 18 years later, after the shooter Six Days in Fallujah was announced to be released, it's finally being released. 
Um, it is going to be a co-op FPS and will be out in early access on Steam in June. Um, this is a shooter that was developed around the recounting of the stories of various soldiers on the famous time in Fallujah during the beginning of Operation Desert Storm. Um, news outlets thought it would be too realistic. They thought it would be glorifying war when that's not at all what it was advertised to be. So, but it's actually finally getting released so much later. Um, yeah. So after 18 years, if you want to check it out, it'll be coming out in early access at least. Now moving over to Microsoft and stuff, uh, specifically Arcane Austin and their um, special launch of Redfall. Um, Redfall was apparently in internal development hell at Arcane Austin. Someone decided that they wanted Arcane Austin, developers of really good, you know, weird simulations such as Dishonored, uh, Deathloop, Prey. They wanted to make a live service multiplayer shooter a la Borderlands and Destiny Mixed. No one at Arcane Austin had any idea how to do that. Over the period of its development, they had a 70% turnover rate with developers who grew at Arcane Austin leaving. Since the game was a complete secret, they couldn't advertise correctly for the game either. So they'd get new people coming into work who thought they were coming into work on Prey 2 or Dishonored 3 or Deathloop 2 or something new like that. No, it was a multiplayer co-op looter shooter. Um, after the acquisition by Microsoft, apparently those survivors at Arcane Austin were hoping Microsoft would see the state it was in and would cancel the game and force them to reboot it as a single player game. Um, Microsoft went more hands on with uh, Bethesda proper for Starfield, making sure that game was right. They just kind of let Arcane do its own thing because Arcane was Arcane. They thought they were going to release another great game, and that's why we got Redfall in its current state. Um, Xbox head Phil Spencer actually said this in an interview with Kind of Funny Games Xcast. Um, he said, quote, I'm upset with myself that we didn't put more effort into working with Arcane Austin and we focused our time with Starfield. And it turns out that Arcane Austin just really wanted him to come in and cancel the game wholly. And now back to the Nintendo Switch. Um, so Knights of the Old Republic got a kind of like little bit of a remaster update on all platforms, the Switch as well. And so KOTOR 2 was supposed to have the restored content DLC, bringing back all the DLC content and other stuff that wasn't quite released fully for the original game. Um, Aspire, the developers of the game, have said, well, now we're not going to be able to do that. We're canceling the Switch port of this DLC that's already available on every other platform. Um, I don't know why, but instead they're offering people who can provide proof of purchase for the game on their support website access to any of their other games on other platforms. Um, so you can get the Knights of the Old Republic 2 The Sith Lords on Steam, where you'll be able to play that content. Uh, you can get the original Old Republic on Switch, The Force Unleashed on Switch, Republic Commando on Switch. Uh, episode one racer on switch jedi knight 2 on switch or jedi knight jedi academy on switch so really really bizarre situation there and in a little bit of other star wars news star wars the old republic is moving out of bioware's 
moving out from underneath Bioware's umbrella to a third-party developer to continue working on the game. This is happening because Bioware has stated that they want to focus on development of Mass Effect and Dragon Age titles. And going back into some a little bit more happier news involving Activision Blizzard King, Blizzard has stated that Diablo 4 is Blizzard's fastest-selling game of all time. Um, so this was a record that was broken with Diablo 3. Um, 11 years and just... 11 years and 11 months ago. So, but I mean, to be fair, Blizzard doesn't launch too many games in particular. But apparently Diablo 4 uh, has been their fastest selling game of all time. And honestly, I after having played it nonstop since last Thursday, I can understand and see why. And continuing with the Diablo 4 news. Um, the developer wants you to record your debts and send them to them. And here is why. Uh, if you share your in-game videos of death on Twitter or TikTok using the Diablo Deaths hashtag, you have a chance for Megan Fox in a lingerie corset to read a eulogy for you. I'm not kidding. This is a real thing that's happening. So there's that going on. <clears throat> and one of the big things around Diablo 4 was the race to 100 as the game launched. Um, the race to 100 in softcore, who cares about that? Those people are noobs. The race to 100 and hardcore, that's the way to go, because if your character dies, they're gone, and you have to restart over. Well, the first person to reach 100 and hardcore um, died to a server disconnect. And this uh, this brought up a, a bit of a concern about something that they did with the game. Um, one of the abusal th one of the ways to abuse game mechanics in the other, the second largest uh, ARPG right now being Path of Exile is once you alt F4 or exit the game, uh, your characters immediately quit out of the world because they're not connected to the server. In Diablo 4, they maintain in-game for, I think, two seconds. So you can't just quit out of your game. To kind of counter this, they did provide some in-game items to help you cheat death a few times, like a potion that'll proc that'll last 30 minutes, that'll proc every five minutes. Like, you'll be invincible at one HP for two seconds or a scroll of escape, which just lets you leave a dungeon right back to town where you won't die from a ticking damage or something like that. But that doesn't help with, you know, what Dio what Blizzard has started as their fastest selling game of all time, having any sort of server hiccups. So, yeah, the uh, there is a clip of it. Um, Karn on <laughs> on Twitch has that clip. He was just running around killing stuff in the open world. He got disconnected, logged back in, and his barbarian was in the Hall of Heroes. F. Uh, and finally, six years after the next generation of games, the PC version of Madden NFL 24 will finally be the first current gen of the game ever. So since there was ever a PS3 version moving with a PS4 or a PS5, the PC has only gotten the old gen version of the game, so none of the extra animations or anything on a system that can easily run it better than a console has never had it. This is the first year <laughs> that the PC will have the current version of Madden. So EA is finally out of the... I don't know. It's EA. It's not going to run anyways, man. <laughs> I'm on a 4090 with a 3900K. Jedi Survivor still doesn't fucking run correctly. That sucks. And to be fair, that game's so fun. 
to be fair, it's a completely different kind of bug. I was just completely fed up with it. So, well, that's right. You had some kind of like, like loaded. I had a complete bug story. Where... I had a complete story stop. Yeah, I can't. How progress. deep into it were you? Uh, I was about to go talk to what's her name at her secret base. So right in that room where you do the little sliding ball puzzle by pushing the ball over to the door. Oh, you're up. like barely scratching the surface. You're like 30 minutes yeah. into the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe a little bit more than that, but. Loading I, older I saves when it worked. Reinstalling didn't work. Nothing worked. That's so sad. I refunded on Steam and I bought a bunch of VR games. That sucks. That's what happened to me on the Digimon MMO. Um, I got like literally half an hour in and there was a bug that like would straight up not let me progress and when i looked online it was like a known bug um and yeah that's always super annoying and in other news of pc games that do work no man's sky has gotten another major update um, patch 4.3, the singularity update brings a whole bunch of improvements as new content. Um, quote the team at Hello Games stating today we are releasing update 4.30, which includes the singularity expedition, as well as a number of stability and gameplay fixes. We look forward to seeing everyone explore singularity's challenges and narratives, and we have many more surprises in store for this year. Our journey continues. And once again, every one or two months, I ask once again, how the fuck does Hello Games make money? This is their <laughs> only title. They don't charge for any of, of these giant updates. Um, expeditions are essentially their seasonal playthroughs. Uh, I I don't get it. Maybe they made so much money like before the game came out through pre-orders. For, just five, for five years of updates and salaries? I mean, I'm, they're selling drugs. <laughs> um, on the list of updates, adopt the appearance of a mechanical automation with full body customization sets. So a while ago, they added the ability for you to play as different alien races within the game. This time they're adding around a robot you can play as. Um, you can add a discordant jetpack trail to your jetpack. So you'll leave a trail of dissonant reverberations. Um, as you go across, so a little cosmetic that can be nice. You have the Crimson Freighter Trail. Um, that'll be a cosmetic enhancement to the freighter's main drive as it's flying through. Living fragments, but base decorations, so more decorations for your bases. Uh, Starship's autopilots will now prevent players from crashing into various space points of interest while engaged on the Starship communicator. So that's always a nice change. You no longer die in the void of space. Yay. Introduced a significant load time optimization for PlayStation platforms. And so, yeah, they they also introduced uh, the compatibility with PS VR 2. Um, some graphical issues if you're using AMD FSR 2. And honestly, I think I need to install this and try it out with my VR headset. You so. know. Yeah, aside from a new expedition, new enemies, new ships, new cosmetics and building things you do on your base. It's a new community expedition as well, which are always interesting to go through. Um, I don't know how they're making money. You know, maybe maybe Doc's onto something. This would uh, this would be a very uh, niche and new uh, money laundering endeavor. 
it's uh you, you could do some money laundering with the with something like this maybe maybe they're selling drugs maybe, maybe. they're in the uk they can't they can't even have a knife to cut the drugs with <laughs> you're doing it wrong if you're trying to use a knife to cut the drugs <laughs> okay they can't have a razor either oh well that sucks <laughs> Um, Friday the 13th, the game is being delisted from stores this December. Um, it will remain playable for, quote, at least 12 months after that. Apparently, there is an issue with Gun Interactive, the developer of Friday the 13th, the game, and the owners of the Friday the 13th license. That is officially expiring and no new deal has been met. Um, the game has been considered the best asymmetrical PvP game out there, and it's going to be going out. and know about a potentially a a year and a half so after we just had a conversation about how digital downloads are okay now we go back to the reason why physical copies are better well i mean it's a full pvp game anyway so it needs an online connectivity for it because you need four other people so owning a physical copy which you can do So yeah, this is this is fully on probably the owners of Friday the 13th license um, wanting more money and the company being small. And while the game was a commercial and uh, critical success, it's going to be closing down soon. Um, along with the Like a Dragon Gaiden, the, the man who erased his name release, um, there's going to be a Like a Dragon showcase in June. Um, so if you're a fan of Like a Dragon or Yakuza, you'll see more about Like a Dragon guiding the man who raised his name and probably Like a Dragon 8. So there you go. Um, it'll be in our. And also, we're getting a launch date for Blasphemous 2, which is an absolutely fantastic Metroidvania. Probably, I would say it's my second favorite there outside of Ender Lilies, uh, just because Ender Lilies has beautiful hand-painted animations as well as music written for it from one of my favorite artists. Um, Blasphemous 2 from the Game Kitchen has been announced and will launch on August 24th, 2023. So if you want a really bloody, gory Metroidvania based loosely on all the worst stuff about Catholicism, this one's for you. Well, that wraps it up for me. What about uh, eSports? We got anything in the uh, eSports category? I think I saw a couple. Oh, I threw that in. That was the right oh. stuff. Oh. I just read through it anyways. All right. Well, what have uh, you been playing then? I know you've been on Diablo. Yeah, it's been Diablo. Just Diablo? Uh, since last Thursday at 4, p- 4 p.m., 6 p.m., it's been Diablo. Oh, okay. Well, um, there's there's not much I can do with my life right now. <laughs> um, I can't lift more than eight pounds, and I'm going blind in one eye. Uh, <laughs> I'm in constant migraine pain. I can play some video games, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> how's, uh, how's Diablo treating you, then? Um, I got a hardcore character level 57. At one point, I was number seventh on the leaderboards nice. and I died. Yeah, that's hardcore. Like, I, 
typically what happens is when someone dies they're tired they've been playing for a long time not me though i was wide awake i was fresh ready to go i had my morning constitutional out of the way i watched some tiktok um i had an energy drink i had a bowl of cereal i sat down 10 minutes in i died <laughs> so now i'm outside of the top 30 once that top 30 hits 100 i'll slow down on it because it's a race to 100 for the first thousand people on hardcore mode and i think i'll start playing co-op with ashley because she's getting a little antsy to play co-op she did talk about <clears throat> how she felt like she's been doing nothing but exploring and discovering new things and she literally has one zone of one region unlocked and i have like the entire map on my second <laughs> hardcore character done <laughs> But uh, Diablo 4, I can honestly say that I think it's the first $70 game that has its value. Nice. Um, just because, like hell, outside of errands, groceries, the doctor's appointments, sleeping, eating, um, that's what I've been playing, and I've gotten my money's worth out of it already, and that's when just one class, and... You have specific things to do for each class. Each class is entirely unique to play through and fun. They finally fixed everything and bounced to a fair point. Um, then you can do it all again on hardcore. I got to get those hardcore titles you can earn by killing other people's characters permanently. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you still get ears? Gotta, you still get ears. Woo! Hardcore That's ears. They just taste different. Uh, I recommend 20 out of 10. I guess... Let's go 66 out of six. <laughs> nice. Plus, it's just I, I do have a review up on it. It's everything about it is is great. It like launched well. Blizzard games don't mm. launch well. Yeah, that's impressive. they're always burdened. I've had a queue once the servers went down for the first actual time today and it was down for only 30 minutes. Um, there was a queue issue once and then they fixed it. Then I was back in in five minutes. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, outside of a few random disconnects, which you know got the hardcore player killed, and some random little bugs here or there that they are constantly fixing, it is it is the best PC launch and best online game launch at all this Solid. year. And it looks fantastic. The voice acting is amazing. Anything that has Ralph has Ralph Ineson in it, his voice, whatever, worth having it. And he's the most prominent voice in this uh, as Lorethnar. Um, Across the board, it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. It feels great to play. I recommend it. Solid. If if you have the time for it. How about you, Doc? What are you? Uh, what are you been playing? Oh, mostly, uh, mostly this week. It's been uh, the uh, season drops. I've been trying to keep up on that. Nice. I don't think I've actually played anything else. I know that feeling. I've uh, yeah, I haven't been playing too much. I got uh, I got through a good portion of the um, Final Fantasy six point four content. Oh, we did do that. Yeah, I got got through the store list. content. We got through half the raids now, um, and then I finished Persona five. Uh, that was fun. Um, I'm I'm stoked to to hit New Game Plus and to try Royal. Um, and I've been trying to catch up on my season three of Call of Duty and finish it up. We've got less than a week left now. I forgot about that. I don't think I'm going to do it. And I had like two, two things left. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Um, 
it's hard for me to keep my motivation this late in the season with Call of Duty just because like anything I unlock is going to become useless in a few months since the new installment's coming and it won't like waterfall into the next one. It would be so if top If you play tier. Warzone, it will, but you don't because well, Warzone's ass. <laughs> no, and I play Warzone and some of it will, but not like like they're going to – and. I don't know. I'm nervous because after they went from Warzone to Warzone 2, Warzone cosmetics didn't waterfall on the Warzone 2. So if they come out with a new modern warfare and roll out Warzone 3, then it's still all for naught. Um, I really wish there was well, just a general engine, like engine was just too hard to copy and paste over. Even, yeah. Though it, well, it's like engine 0.5 as opposed to well, 1.5 instead of just one. I just Which, wish yeah, after that I lost all interest in cosmetics and everything for that. It's like I had like they started releasing those really fucking weeby anime skins initially in the first modern warfare. Mm-hmm. I just thought the game was overall better anyways. <laughs> that those skins didn't work in anything but Warzone, which Warzone bricked my computer. Mm-hmm. Warzone literally killed the RAM in my computer and caused issues in many other games when they updated it once. And Damn. I just don't want to try it again. So, yeah, it's yeah. It's just, I mean, it, it'd be so, I don't know it, if it, I just wish that stuff would cascade over. Like if it was if cause you have to have an Activision account to play, right? So if they just tied those cosmetics to your Activision account so that if I spent 2,400 call of duty points to buy this Viking operator, if I could keep using that Viking operator in the next call of duty installment this fall, then yeah, sure, I'm all for it. But I'm not gonna. Sp- I really like the the operator and the pack that comes with. But I'm not going to drop 2,400 Call of Duty points on a game that's going to end in two months or its viability at least. It, 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 it just be silly. Yeah. So it's like they they would get more money from me. And like I'm not gonna buy unless it's there's something extraordinary about it. I'm not gonna buy the next battle pass because when that battle pass ends, they're already gonna have an have announced the new Call of Duty and be prepping for that. And so like, yay! All the stuff I just worked to unlock is now never going to be used because now I'm going every anytime I finish a season, I'm burned out. I'm not gonna want to play again for a few weeks. So by the time that happens, now like it's gonna be time to start pre-ordering the next one and there's, there's just no point um so the first two seasons are like the only time i care unless and this is why i'm waiting um for the next expansion or not exp- the next uh, installment announcement um if it's like if they announce the next one and it's like another world war ii installment or something or some call of duty that i don't plan on even buying then that's a different story because these days, uh, each installment's lobbies will stay viable for two or three years. So if I'm not interested in the next installment, I can keep playing Modern Warfare 2 for a full another Modern year and Warfare be just fine. Is still yeah. So it all depends on what they announce next. If it's something I'm going to buy, then there's no point in me getting anything else for this. But if it's something I'm not interested in, then I'll keep putting money and time into modern warfare. That's why I've always said they need to stagger their themes. They should roll out a like 
classic like World War One, World War Two theme Call of Duty. Then the next year, roll out a modern warfare. Then the next year, the third year, roll out a futuristic version like some of the Black Ops games or Advanced Warfare. Then on the fourth year, start over with the classics again. Rotate that way, and each single little like niche of subgenre will have three full years of viability because they're all vastly different feels of games but you know they didn't hire well, me as a project think, manager I think so get your announcements um i think you'll get your announcement this coming weekend mm-hmm. because typically they always reveal stuff at their championship weekend yeah. and that is actually the 15th through 18th so. and and yeah and that's what i'm waiting for and um, I know the rumor – the thing is the rumors have been that there, it's going to be Modern Warfare 3 and like dope, but also then there's no point in me playing even this. With, yeah, even with Modern Warfare 3, they don't port over the skins for Modern it, Warfare 2, like the stuff in Modern exactly. Warfare. Exactly. Like, like, so like, like dope, Modern Warfare is one of my favorite like sub-series, but like also – I would this time I would actually be fine if it was one that I have no interest like, in because I, I could just keep playing this. They said – Initially, they said with Modern Warfare that your skins would transfer over. And I was like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. They just put it in small print and not so yeah. easily heard to Warzone. So and Black Ops, nothing was there. And Vanguard, nothing was there. And then fucking Warzone became a mess when you had guns from three different fucking eras mm-hmm. and random shit going on. Well, see, and that's the thing is they need to have their their battle royales again tied to their releases so you might have modern warfare with warzone and then advanced warfare 2 with with whatever they would call or, or maybe a new, okay a new a new um uh black ops that's futuristic and they have blackout 2 which was their first battle royale and then world war 2 with with world at war battle royale or something so each one of them is tied to that era and then again, now you'll have the next Warzone when the next Modern Warfare comes out. If they put them on those three-year cycles and tie the Battle Royales to the main entries, they would make so much more money and make so much more of the fan base happy. Um, but I don't expect anything uh, positive out of Activision anymore. So I'll take the scraps I can get. <laughs> I know I'm never going to see a futuristic one again, at least not any any time in the near future, just because so many people again, I shouldn't say it. It wasn't so many people hated them so much. It's it's another, you know, a fairly uh, small amount of people were very, very, very loud about the fact that they didn't like it. And so that comes across as the majority of the fan base doesn't like it and they stop making them. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking at too much of a biased window. I know I always enjoyed them a lot. They were my favorite ones. Um, and from what I saw, the majority of people liked them just fine. But the people who didn't like them, they wanted everyone the to know. The on the internet. Yeah. That's how it goes with everything. Yeah. It's always the loud, the loud, obnoxious internet minority. Mm-hmm. Because the majority of players aren't there. They aren't in the fucking forums. They aren't on the subreddit. They aren't in the Discord mm-hmm. channel. They're perfectly fine in the game, and yeah, they're, they're having fun. They're playing the game, having fun. They're not on the internet bitching about it. Plenty of people enjoyed the game, despite my issues with it. I just went back and played Modern Warfare for the longest time until I copped it on a big mm-hmm. discount. 
But I would like lose my absolute shit if they announced another Advanced Warfare installment or Infinite Warfare installment for the next one. I would uh, that I would I would lose my shit. That'd be dope. But I'm not expecting it. <laughs> Call of Duty Cat Ops Three. <laughs> Say Cat Ops. Yes. Is that the one I where you play as cat girls? I mean, Modern Warfare has a cat girl skin for Mara. It's the one I always used. Nice. <laughs> that was the first anime pack. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like that's going to do it for us for this week. So thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe and check out all our various channels listed into this in the description. And join us on Discord every Thursday night when we record so you can check it out live. Thanks, everyone, and have a great weekend. See you next week. John A, and go subscribe to me on YouTube so I can make some money. <laughs> and not Twitch. I'm greedy. And not Twitch. <laughs> <laughs>